Worship Karaoke. Uh, that's going to be our new series that we're going to be in tonight and next week. And this is actually a picture from a Hillsong United worship night, which is a band that actually writes a lot of the songs that we sing here on Wednesday nights at Revolution. Um, and they're from Australia. Good day, Mike. That's where they're from, from Down Under. The Thunder from Down Under. And uh, so this whole series is going to be about the songs we sing here, but really more generally the songs we sing in church. Why do we sing in church? Those kind of things um, is what this is all going to be about. But there's just something about singing. I mean, I wanted to, I want to talk about singing for just a second. There's just something about it. Um, not all of us are good at it. Can I get some, some amens for those that are not good at it? Not good at it. Yeah. That's what I thought. A lot of us are very tone deaf. A lot of us are not good singers. A lot of us just don't have that gift, but most of us tend to like it. Like we like music. We like to sing. Even if we're not good at it, we like it. If we're in the car, we're in the shower somewhere alone, we'll sing it out. How many of you, when you're in somewhere alone and you feel like nobody's around, you feel comfortable enough to just belt it out? You don't even care. You just let it, let it rip. That's what I thought. All right, you can put your hands down. I got a, I got a quick story. And this, this, is, uh, this is one of my moments when I've, I was alone and I was driving in the car and I was rocking my 19... 86 Nissan pickup truck. That's right. That's right. It's a real man's vehicle. And so I'm rolling along the streets, my first car. I'm 16 years old. And I have put in the CD player and these new speakers in the door. And I would, I would be the guy that would crank it up so loud that it made like the truck rattle and make it sound like it's a little toy car. That's what I would do. And so I had my CD player in there. I'm, I'm like playing. I don't even remember what song it was, but I'm just playing it loud. I'm just, I'm in it. And I've been listening to a few tracks and I'm just, it's one of those CDs where you like, when you put it in, you just sing every track to it because you love it. This is like, it's like, man, that song, that, that whole album was written for me, man. That's my life. That's how I felt about this CD. And so I have it in there and I'm listening and I'm singing and I'm driving down the road, and, and it's, I'm, like, I'm talking, it's in one of those moments where you're just like, everything you've got, like putting your heart into it, making faces, getting red, like veins are popping out in your throat, your forehead vein is like going boo-boo, boo-boo, boo-boo. I mean, I'm just going for it, holding the wheel, like hitting it, like, yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm singing this song, not really even paying attention to what I'm doing other than the fact I'm driving. And so I'm driving, singing my heart out, and I pull up to a red light. And this is a two-lane road. And I pull up to a red light, not thinking about it. I'm just sitting there, just jamming. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. Ah, ah. Don't act like you're not impressed. And, uh, and so I get to this red light and I'm singing and then I just kind of open my eyes a little bit because I'm so into it, man. My eyes are closed. I'm in the zone. 
because I'm at the red light. Don't do that when you're driving and you're not at a red light. That equals disaster. But I was at a red light. And so I opened my eyes real quick and just kind of looked around like, yeah, I'm the jam. I'm just singing. And I looked next to me. And there's this lady in this like big, nice SUV. And she's looking at me. And, and I'm just like, And I'm looking over, and her face, I'm not kidding, was. So she kind of looked like a ferret a little bit, the way she was looking at me. But it was like a look of disgust, like, what are you doing, dude? And so my face went from, yeah, woo! Yeah, man, that's a good song. Like, I totally went from being all up in it to just like it was an elevator song, and I'm just kind of like bebopping to it. And I totally chilled out, and then the rest of the ride to work, I was kind of like just mellowed out because I'm like, I'm freaking people out on the road because I'm just like, ow, yeah, woo, just going nuts. And apparently that was freaking people out. And I've had other moments like that. I'll tell you one other story. Um... This was, this was at my house, okay? Now, at my house, this is the old house I grew up in when I was with my parents. And uh, the acoustics in this room were fantastic. Like, the bathroom acoustics, they're the best. I mean, they make you sound like you know what you're doing sometimes. Um, so, if you're singing, you know, the, the latest Adele song, and you're just belting it, you, you could sit... <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that is an Adele song. Um, you could actually start to sound like her a little bit. And so I was in, the, I was in the, the bathroom. I was taking a shower. And my family's in the living room. And the living room and our bathroom were like back to back. So if you're in the living room, you can hear what's going on in the bathroom. And that's bad for a number of reasons. But specifically when I'm singing, that's a bad reason. And so I'm in the shower, and I'm, just, I'm in it again. I'm just singing some song. I don't even know what it was. I think it was like, who do you in the blowfishes hold my hand? Does anybody even know what that song is? Some leaders should. Yeah. It goes like this. Hold my hand. Hold my. So it goes something like this. I'm singing that song. Hold my hand. Washing up, you know, rub-a-dub-dubbing. And... I get a knock on the door, like, goo, goo, goo. And all I hear is my dad, and my dad's got a lot thicker country accent than me, so he's like, buddy, buddy, will you just stop singing? And I'm like, but dad, I'm into the song, I just want to hold your hand. And, and he's like, buddy, I want to hold your hand too. But he didn't say that, actually. He, he probably said something more like, I'm not holding your hand, okay, unless you're your mama, and you're not your mama. So I'm not holding your hand. I'm trying to watch my fishing show in here. He loves fishing shows, so he's always watching the fishing show. And so I was like, okay, Pop, okay. And so I hear his footsteps, you know, the do, 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 and he walks away. And so I give it just a second, and I keep showering, and then I'm like, I got to go back into it because I'm feeling it again. So I'm like, hold my hand. 
high, I did like a key change. So I'm like a whole step higher now. And so it's like reverberating through the whole house. And then all I hear is my dad in the living room just, <laughs> just laughing at me like I'm a fool. My own dad laughing. And so I haven't sang in public since until tonight. It's the first time. And y'all didn't laugh. Thank you. I have the courage to go on. Smart Alex. All of you. Smart Alex. Man. So I don't know if you guys have had moments like that where you're just singing and belting it out, but there is something about singing that's just fun. And it just lets you cut, cut loose, cut free and, and just belt it out. And sometimes it's because you really like the beat or you really like the music or you really like the lyrics, like the lyrics just feel like they're all about what you're going through right then. Especially if you went just through a breakup and you're listening to a breakup song or you just had something really awesome happen and you're listening to that song that's just all energy and it's like, yeah, what? Or if you're in a sports team and you start hearing Eye of the Tiger, it just gets you all jacked up, man. You're like, oh yeah, what? Or you just won a game and you hear, we are the champions. We are the champions, my friend. So see, you know that. Songs just fit with our life. But some of the questions, bring it back in, bring it back in for me, focus. Some of the questions I wanted to ask going into this tonight is about singing, yes, but it's also about singing specifically here, when we're here at church, because we do it every single week. We just sang three songs together, and that's pretty much a normal week. That's what we do. We sing about three, four songs every week. So why is it that we sing so much? Why do we sing? What are we singing? How many of you thought about what we're actually singing? How many of you have actually thought about what you're singing when you're singing to a song in the car? A lot of you don't actually think about what you're saying. Because if you heard the words said back to you, you'd be like, I just said that. Oops. Naughty. Um, Who are we singing to? Does it matter how it sounds? And these are all questions that we need to answer, and hopefully we're going to answer them tonight. But I need a lot of you to shut your mouths and look up here, get focused, stop talking to your neighbor. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. So to get into some of these answers, let's start talking about this a little bit. Um, At church, the whole reason we sing is because it's an easy way for us to do something together to love God. If you think about it, we got over 300 of you in here right now, okay? To get all of us to do the same thing that's an act of worship to God, that's a way of loving God, it's really hard to do that. But music is an easy way to do it. To sing together and say something as one group is an easy way to do that. And that's why we've seen the church do it for thousands of years. People have been singing together since before Jesus. And that was 2,000 years ago. And then there was people around way before Jesus. So this has been going on for a long, long time. People getting together and singing at church, singing to God. So, and let's just be clear, just so we understand what worship is together. Simply put, worship is us loving God. So just so we're all on the same page, when we're talking about worship, that's what we're talking about. Is us 
just loving God. So, with that, Romans 12.1 tells us that worship is a lifestyle. If you read Romans 12.1, it actually talks about us living as a living sacrifice. So it's us living as if we were being offered up to God all the time. So when we come and sing, this is just part of our worship. We love God, hopefully, all throughout the week. This isn't just about our service on Wednesday night or Sunday morning or whenever else you go to church. It's FCA. It's not just those times. We're supposed to be loving God all the time with our whole life. But specifically when we come here on Wednesday night, we have this time to worship together. So, Romans 12.1, worship is a lifestyle. Another part of the Bible, John chapter 4, verse 24, says that we need to worship in spirit and in truth. Well, what does that mean? Well, our worship doesn't depend on how we feel. Like if you're having a bad day, does that mean you're not supposed to love God that day? No. We're still supposed to love God because God is still worthy of us loving Him. He's still worthy of worship. Does it depend on the music that we're singing in here and the lights and all that? No, it doesn't depend on that. It depends on what's true and who is the ultimate truth. God. God is the ultimate truth. The Bible is true. These things are true, so those are the things that dictate our worship. Those are the things that we lean on when we're worshiping, when we're loving God, and when we're singing. And then we worship in spirit. So God is spirit, right? He's not physically standing right here at the front of the stage. He's not sitting right in there amongst you. He's here with us, but he's a spirit. So that means we worship him with our spirit. So we're worshiping and we're singing from deeper than just our mouth. We're doing this because we know who God is, And we're letting our spirit talk to God's spirit and just love on him with what we're saying and what we're doing. Does that make sense? So those are three big things I want you to know about worship. It's us loving God. It's a lifestyle. It's not just us singing. But when we do come together and sing, it's dependent on truth and spirit. It's not dependent on how we feel or how the scenario, the environment is. None of that stuff should really matter. All that should really matter is who God is and who we are in relation to God. His creation, the people he loves, the people he died for. So, with those verses, with those things that we know, we want to look at some of the things we sing here. Because some of these songs that we sing are really just like dripping with truth. They're dripping with scripture. They have so much stuff packed into them. It's not like these people just were sitting at a coffee shop and like, man... I'm just going to write a song. This sounds good. God is strong. God is good. God makes coffee. And I like coffee. It's not like they just write songs like that. They actually, y'all like that song, don't you? It's going to be on iTunes next week. God makes coffee and I like coffee. They write it from reading this. They read the Bible, they read about who God is, they experience who God is, and they write songs based on that. So, we're going to look at a specific song tonight. And the specific song, well, that's what worship is and how we do it, but the specific song we're going to look at is Our God. And this song is, (laughs) yes, I love that song. Yes. 
Some of you don't know anything about this song, so I'm going to tell you a little background. But before I give you some background, show of hands, how many of you know this song and you like this song? You're down with this song. Okay. Cool. Hands down, hands down. Okay, well, here's the deal. Our God was written by a dude named Chris Tomlin. He actually lives in Atlanta. He leads worship at a place called Passion City Church. And he's been a part of this thing called Passion um, for years and years and years. It started back in Texas. And this song specifically came out a couple years ago on an album by Passion called Awakening. So that's the cover of the, the CD. If you guys go to Walmart or something, you can probably find it and buy it. But that's where the song first showed up was there, and then it's also on Chris Tomlin's album that he's put out as well. So you can find it a lot of places now, but that was the first place it showed up. Now, this song, we sing it, not every week, but we sing it a lot. And a lot of you know it because we sing it here. And we sing it on church on Sundays if you come here at Westridge. Some of you go to other churches and you sing it there. It's a popular song. It's been around for a couple years. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this song and each lyric in it. We're going to look at the verses and the chorus and the bridge and all that stuff and break down what in the world is it saying and where did it come from. And then at the end of this, hopefully you've gotten something out of what this song really means. Because a lot of times we'll sing stuff and we don't really get what we're singing. And a lot of you don't sing because you're worried about how you sound or you're worried about all these other things. But if you're really getting what we're saying... It doesn't matter how you sound. It doesn't matter if you are on pitch or on time or all that stuff. None of that matters. All that matters is what we're saying and who we're saying it to and what our heart is saying when we're singing it. So, our guy. Let's break it down. <laughs> Can we listen to it? That's a good question. You're going to hear it again, I promise. Um, the very first part of this song says, Water you turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you, none like you. So, water you turned into wine. Who's the person that turned water into wine? Jesus. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, open the eyes of the blind. Who did that? Jesus again. There's no one like you. There's none like you. So apparently there's no one like Jesus. Now, where did these stories happen? Are these from the Bible or is he just making things up? Well, it actually comes from the Bible. John chapter 2. Verses 1 through 12 show us a story of Jesus turning water into wine. He's at a wedding. His mom is there, and she's one of the ones kind of helping orchestrate the wedding. Anybody been to a wedding reception with the food and the drinks and all that kind of stuff there? Yeah, okay. You can put your hands down. So imagine they're at this place, and there's a wedding reception going on, and they're having wine at this reception, and then they run out of wine, and... Jesus' mom is helping prepare all this stuff, and so they've run out of wine. She freaks out. She knows Jesus is who he is. He's like God. He's not just a normal dude. And so she comes to Jesus and is like, Jesus, help us. We need more wine. And Jesus, is, he seems a little bit annoyed at his mom. You know, anybody ever been annoyed at your mom before? Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Don't go on about it. I'm just curious. Um, so he's a little bit annoyed at his mom, and he's like, it's not really my time yet, mom, but he does it anyway because he loves his mom, as you all should. He loves his mom, and he hooks her up and makes these basins of water, these, these big jugs of water. He turns them into wine. And so this is his first recorded miracle, and so this is where it's found. That's where that lyric comes from. He really did that. 
Next line, open the eyes of the blind. Where does that come from? It comes from two places, Mark chapter 8 and Mark chapter 10. He heals two people that couldn't see anything. The first person, he actually spits in some dirt and makes some mud and sticks it on the dude's eyes. Can we say disgusting? Gross. Very nice. Um, so that's the first instance. The next one, a guy comes to him and just is begging Jesus, like, Jesus, please help me. I can't see. I haven't been able to see forever. Can you please help me see? The, and Jesus looks at the man and says, because of your faith, you can see. What do you see? And then the guy's like, oh, dude, I can see people now. And I can see trees. I can see plants. It's crazy. And so he heals two people that we at least see in the Bible of their sight. So when we read this, turns water into wine. True. It's from John. Open the eyes of the blind. True. Comes from Mark chapter 8 and chapter 10. Then we got, there's no one like you. There's none like you. Now you could, you could say that just because of what we just read, right? Just because of the fact that he turned water into wine and he healed blind people. There's nobody like that. There's nobody else that can do those things. But that's actually from the Bible too. And that's 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 22. And I actually have that one to where we can read that together. And this is what it says. It says, how great are you, sovereign Lord? There is no one like you. There is no God but you, as we have heard with our ears. So again, that's from the Bible too. So this whole verse is from the Bible. This isn't some new thing that Chris Tomlin came up with. He just is writing this stuff from the Bible. So there's verse 1. When you sang verse 1, you're singing about John chapter 2, Mark chapter 8 and 10, and 2 Samuel chapter 7. Have you ever known that? I didn't think so. Um, it's pretty cool. You're singing the Bible. You ever thought about that? You are literally singing God's truth when you're singing this song. Let's keep looking at the lyrics. This is the second verse. It says, Into the darkness you shine, out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you, none like you. Into the darkness you shine. Where does that come from? Anybody want to take a guess? You're absolutely right. It's John chapter 1, verse 5. All of you guessed it. I could hear you. Um, and this is what this says. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Who's the light? Jesus. Again, we're back to Jesus. This song is about Jesus, in case you haven't caught on to that. Um, into the darkness you shine, talking about Jesus. Out of the ashes we rise. Where does that come from? Anybody want to take a guess? You're all right? Again, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. This is what that says. And if the spirit of, of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. This is Jesus giving us life to raise from the dead because that's what he did. We have the power over death, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. So out of the ashes we rise comes straight from that truth, that we can rise out of the ashes just like a certain bird from a certain movie, a phoenix, yes. Um, we can do that because of Jesus. Then again, at the end, we have there's no one like you, there's none like you, Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 22, what we just read just a little bit ago. So again, we're singing the Bible. We're singing truth when we sing these things about into the darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise. It's not just a cool lyric. It actually came from somewhere. And it comes from the Bible. So there's the verses. Pretty cool. Now let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the chorus. 
Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome, and power. Our God, our God. So where did, where did this whole chorus come from? Well, this comes from a couple places. Second Chronicles chapter 2, verse 5, which I'm sure all of you have memorized, um, says this. The temple I am going to build will be great because our God is greater than any other gods. So the God we come here and worship is bigger than any other God that you could make in your own life, any other God you could ever hear about. The God of Israel that we read about in the Bible, the God that we worship here at Revolution, Jesus, who is God, is greater than anything and anyone. And we read that in a lot of different places. Second Chronicles is just the one that I picked, but there's multiple places where it says that same phrase, our God is greater than any other God or any other thing. That pops up in the Bible a lot. All throughout the Bible that keeps popping up. Another place we see this is Psalm chapter 135, verse 5. And it says, I know that the Lord is great, that our Lord is greater than all gods. Again, pointing to the fact that Jesus and God, the Holy Spirit, the whole trinity of who God is, is higher and greater than anything that any of us could ever know or worship. So when we're singing this, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. When we're saying that, we're saying we're putting him above everything in our life. We're putting him above our sports. We're putting him above our school. We're putting him above our boyfriend or girlfriend. We're putting him above our family. We're putting him above ourself. We're putting him above everything because he is greater and because he's stronger and because he's healer like we read about in the first verse. Because he's all these things, we want to lift him up and just say, man, this is our God. This is who our God is. He's awesome. I can't say how awesome he is enough. And so this whole chorus is true, which is why it doesn't matter how you feel when you sing it, because it's true no matter how you feel. You could have had a terrible day, just feel like garbage. But all of these things are still true. And so how we feel doesn't really matter when we sing this. Because all this stuff is just truth. So there's our chorus. This is the chorus that keeps coming back in this song. We keep coming back to it. We keep saying it because it's always true. And we always want to keep reminding ourselves that we are lifting up God above everything else, any other God, any other thing, any other person. Then we get to the part that we really get to get into it. We really get to get like, what, 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 and get crazy. And we start, we get to pump our fists and clap and get voice, our voices a little bit louder. We get to that bridge part. And this is where we say, if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is for us, then who could stand against us? And these questions are questions that we, it's a question in this lyric, but we already know the answer. It's more of that question that you ask when you already know the answer, you know? Like, man, I can't think of a good one right now. Like when you say, are you, are you really going 
to not study for your test tonight when you have a test tomorrow? You, you already are, you're, you're saying a question, but the answer really should be yes. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, well, no, I mean, of course I'm going to study for the test. What are you talking about? Well, who, who's going to stop us if God's for us? It's like, well, no one, duh. <laughs> Dumb question. <laughs> who could ever come against us if God is with us? No one. Hello, we already said God is greater, God is stronger. <laughs> so when we get to this bridge and we're saying this, we're asking a question, but we're not really asking a question. Really what we're saying is, dude, God is with us. God is for us. No one can come against us. No one can stop us. Not because we're awesome, because God is awesome. God is amazing. And this actually comes straight from the Bible. This is Romans eight thirty-one, And it asks this exact same question, knowing the answer already. Which is, this is what it says in verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is with us, if God loves us, if God died for us, if all these things are true and we're following him and we're loving him and we're worshiping him, who can come against that? There might be people who could physically come against that. There might be people who could say things against that. There might be things who could try to stop that, but are they ultimately going to stop it? No. Can they ultimately do anything about that? No. Can they ever stop God? Never. No one can ever stop God. I couldn't stop God on my best day. All of us together couldn't stop God on our best day. All of us together couldn't stop somebody who's worshiping God on our best day. All that stuff is unstoppable because of Him. And so when we get to this part of the song and we start singing it, it's awesome because it's true. And it's awesome because we're just saying it back to God. Hey, if you're for us, who can be against us? If you're with us, who can stop us? It, it, no one. You're here. You love us. You're amazing. And so I love this part of the song. And a lot of you probably love it for the same reason. It's because this is true all the time. When, we are, when God is, is with us, which is always and we're pursuing him and loving him, nothing can come against us. That doesn't mean things won't happen in your life that are bad. It doesn't mean things won't try to stop you from knowing and loving God. It doesn't mean things won't try to stop you from worshiping God, but nothing can stop you because of God. So we've broken down the verse. We've broken down the second verse. We've broken down the chorus. We've broken down the bridge. All of these things came from Scripture. All of these things are true. When we sing these things, we are singing the Bible. We are singing truth straight back to God, and we're saying it to each other. Because when we sing, who hears it? God, who else hears it? Everybody else around you, right? If we're in this room and we're all singing, who's hearing it? All of us. We all hear it. So when we sing together in church, it's not just for God. It's also for all of us to hear each other singing stuff to God, to encourage each other, to remind each other of what's true, to remind each other of what is right, to remind each other of who God is. So when we sing songs like our God, what we're saying is we believe these things. We believe that you are greater. We believe you're stronger. We believe you're a healer. 
We believe you can do everything, and we believe that you're our God. We believe we can know you and talk to you. We believe that you really healed the blind, that you made water into wine. We believe you did all these things. And because of that, we just want to sing to you. We want to sing how great you are. We want to sing about how awesome you are. We want to sing these truths about you. And if we are for you and you are for us and we are pursuing you and we are loving you, who can come against us? No one, because no one can come against you. So when we sing our God, we're saying we believe these things. When you sing this song, you're saying you believe this stuff. And you are about this stuff. And it doesn't matter how you sound. It doesn't matter if you're on pitch. It doesn't matter any of that. None of that matters. All that matters is that you are trying to love God in that moment with those lyrics. Because you're so excited about how true they are. And about how true God is. That's why sometimes you'll always hear us say, this is not a concert when the band's up here singing and playing. It's not to entertain you. It's not so that you can be like, man, that band's really good. They could care less if you think they're really good. They want you to worship God. They want you to love God. That's why they're here every week. It's to love God and to help you love God all together as one body. So when we sing this, we're saying we believe it. My question is, do you believe what you sing? And I'm not talking about when you're in your car singing to the radio. I'm talking about when we're here in, in this group at Revolution, we're singing these songs that are full of truth about our God. Are you believing what you're saying? Or are you just saying it out of memory? Are you even singing? Some of you aren't singing and you need to be. Not because I'm pressuring you into it, but because you just need to worship God. You need to not care how you sound. You need to not worry about what the person next to you thinks. The only one we ever need to really worry about what they think is God. And we already know what he thinks. He loves us. He accepts us. And he doesn't care how we sing. He just wants us to worship him and pursue him and love him. So do you believe what you sing? Do you believe what you're saying when you worship in here? Are you worshiping in here? Because if you're not, you're missing a huge opportunity to just tell God how awesome he is, to, to be happy about the fact that you can know God, to be happy about the fact that God loves you and that these things that we're singing are true. He is greater, he is stronger, he's healer, and he's our God.